G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie, aka Dospulasteer, Buzz Lightyear, the Goat. That's all my nicknames are. Back on this Wednesday night, March 1st, 2023, on a beautiful first day of autumn, talking our top takeaways from the practice matches and some points of difference. We're finally living up to our points of difference pod pod name. This, this, you could call this the pod 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 boys. But uh, joining me, as always, we have Lou, fresh off a, a birthday yesterday. Lou, how old's the old man these days? Yeah, coming in at 25 now, mate, so halfway to 50, but um, yeah, still young, I like to think, compared to you, your old fossil. Yeah, you know, you're going to be putting in a career best year in your local footy league this year. We also have a man also saying he's going to play a bit of local footy, uh, filling in for Holmesy this week. We have Harmy. How are you, mate? I'm well, thanks, Goat. Yep. No, I'll look. I don't know if I'll take the uh, field and be the lofty heights of Louis, but it's possible. Much like many players we'll be talking about uh, in this episode, no doubt we're expecting some high CBA usage from Harmy in that league this year. But joining us a bit, you know, I do have still the rusty tonsils, apologies, listeners, but a man with even rustier tonsils today, a bit of karma, you might say. It's Dado, feeling a bit worse for wear. Yeah, I, I watched a video yesterday and, uh, yeah, I feel really sick after it. <laughs> yes, it was the big release of the song. If you haven't checked it out, go on the Twitter sphere. No doubt you would have heard it. It is the year of the DOS 2023. Uh, you know, the Lux is mine from the start. Yeah, we had a good time on the weekend with the, at the DT Talk live event. If you did come in, uh, come to Adelaide, watch that. A few listeners came up, said hello. Um, yeah, it was a really enjoyable experience. Lou, how'd you go, mate, up on the big stage up there? Yeah, it was good fun, mate. Uh, you definitely stole the show with your song there. And uh, last couple of days, it's been quite frustrating because I've been at work and uh, I just hear that little do 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 do. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I'm singing, "It's the year of the dust." So oh, you, you've you got me, it, um, loud you've got me on board, mate. Um, I'm hating every moment of it, but uh, no, <laughs> it's a great song, mate. You've, you've smashed it out of the park. Uh, beautiful. Thanks very much. Uh, and we will. Just say as well, Holmesy, not on the show today, but uh, he's not available on the Wednesday, so hopefully we won't record too many more of these, but um, obviously Harmy filling in and being an absolute points per minute beast on the podcast lately, but uh, he does want to let us know that he's gone and recorded a separate podcast, the Holmesy one-on-one interviews that have been a huge hit this preseason, topping some of, some of our um, statistical charts in the uh, podcast numbers, and unfortunately, Holmesy's his head's getting massive from it. Mm. But um, look, watch out for that, because Friday we'll be dropping an interview with Holmesy, and he's caught up with DT Lemon, who I believe the same year that Holmesy came second overall, DT Lemon came third. So another great fantasy mind that he'll be he'll be having a chat to, and we'll drop that on Friday. Keep an eye out for that. Also, a reminder, this episode of the Pod Pod brought to you by the Keeper League Pod, not just for your Keeper Leagues. Jump on there, get all your resources, and remember to use the code PODPOD at sign up for 20% off. off. The uh, link will be in the show notes. All right. Let's get to the bunch of unofficial practice matches on the weekend. We're not going to go through game by game or anything like that. 
Um, there's plenty of podcasts out there that have done that, but we're going to share each of our thoughts, our top three takeaways each, just that roundtable style. And then at the end, we might just touch on a few um, listener requests. We sent out a tweet getting in your player request. So, we'll try and touch on as many of those that we don't talk about during the show, but Let's start off with our three top takeaways. I, I just said top takeaways. I didn't limit it to players or anything like that. So, why don't we start with the uh, the fossil who, I don't know, did you get to watch much for starters and, and what was your first takeaway? Yeah, it was replay um, late at night, seeing I'm busy working at the moment, but I made sure I had a good view. I think it's really important. Uh, this weekend, we had some uh, good intel, but I, I will say we really need to be careful here because there was a lot of experiments happening out in the field with rotations. You only have to look at the CBAs for the majority of the clubs where they were rotating so many players through. It's hard to exactly uh, get a guide when you're playing six, seven and eight periods of football. But I will say there were a couple of clubs that um, we, we did get a good insight uh, from. So one of those was a tight rotations by Richmond that really only had four go through the CBAs with a, a couple of fillers late, including one person with the surname Dow, so we can put a line through that and just say, let's go with the type <laughs> four. Um, so just be careful because there's a lot of question marks and a lot more question marks and answers from the match sim, but hopefully we'll get a little bit more guidance this week. So don't be too reactionary. I think there are some that you can – probably take a little bit of uh, detailed information from, especially when they get followed up by articles and quotes from players and coaches that affirm the things that you see. Um, but don't change your whole squad by any stretch of the imagination based on match sim. Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, even with these, we expect, will you be expecting, Stato, the ones upcoming? Obviously, we actually had some team announcements. We might talk a bit about them later on for the games tomorrow and heading into the official, what they're deeming the official practice matches this year, Stato. Can we take more out of those or are you still uh, just be wary heading into these as well? A uh, hell of a lot more for the um, um, the games that we've got this weekend. And, and I'll show you the example. So we, we heard talk of Bont and McRae through their own um, uh, matches the, the first week that they actually played. And there was a talk that they were splitting 50-50 midfield and forward. And the following week, we actually see them plonk um, into the midfield a hell of a lot more. So I think we'll see the reality this weekend as they get ready for round one. Yeah, and just on that, uh, GWS and Western Bulldogs, I think, both had intra-clubs on the weekend that were broadcast. There's a few teams that did it, but um, yeah, uh, they, some of them were broadcast, which we'll touch on. Anyway, I want to get your other uh, birthday boy, uh, Lou. Let's get your first um, thing that you noticed on the weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, away. first of all, it was great to see some footy and I uh, couldn't agree uh, more with Stato there that it was definitely a lot more uh, experimental being unofficial practice games and uh, just about, uh, well, most of those games need to be taken with a massive grain of salt just because, um, you know, six quarters, eight quarters at one point, a few Eagles players actually played for Port Adelaide in those final two quarters of the six quarter game. So... There's a lot going on there, but uh, one of my takeaways, and probably unsurprisingly, we've been hearing it nonstop this preseason, but it does seem that a lot of teams 
are trying to play a quicker game style. So we just need to be mindful of what roles players are playing in those sides, whether or not they're the guys who are being given the football, they're carrying the football, disposing of the football, or if they're just a cog in the system trying to uh, to get the game style running as nicely as possible. And look, just touching on what Stato said, a lot of it could be experimental because uh, this is a good time to sort of cut your teeth against uh, legitimate opposition and try a couple of different things. But um, I've just got a feeling that maybe Collingwood uh, last year have sort of... Um, few teams are copying their notes and might just try and speed up that game style a little bit. So we'll just have to keep an eye on that going into the next game. And, uh, and yeah. Could, do you think this could be, is this your one that you're legitimately worried about affecting lots of things in the fantasy world? Like, do you remember that year that we thought, or oh, all these um, running defenders mm. or all these uh, ball using defenders were going to suddenly take, take a big jump up. Is this something that you could see, you know, this running fast game style actually just being something that we all just after the season be like, oh, you know, it was just another thing that we were worried about before the season. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just think we do have to be mindful of it because we've seen it already. So a lot of people who were keen on pies last year were burnt. Uh and if that continues with other clubs, then that's when we really do need to focus on, well, hang on, what's this guy's role? Is he actually getting the football or is his job or his role rather to uh, to progress the football down the ground and get it there as quickly as possible and, and not have that chip mark, chip mark and uh, constant stoppage footy? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one to watch. I might actually just jump in before I throw it to Harmy. I might just jump in ahead of you, mate, just because my, my yeah, point Yeah, it's all kinda, about you. We know. We saw it. My point kind of leads into this. Uh, look, I reckon it may be more than a month ago now, uh, Dospi Lestier came on this show, said, I have concerns with Tom Mitchell. I have concerns due to the Collingwood game style, due to this running. I, I brought it to the group. They all said, basically, Dosby, no, shut it down immediately. I reckon, you know, Holmesy probably the biggest component. Grumpy Holmes just immediately shut it down. But Harmy, I might just throw to you, mate. Tom Mitchell, it seems like a lot of people are jumping off, looked a little bit slow in that ball movement system that they had going on in the trial match. I was watching pretty closely on that one. Yeah, and Dosby, yet again, Buzz Lightyear, he's light years ahead of the competition, Harmy. Yeah, Buzz. Um, spot on. Look, I, I don't, I'm not sure how much you can read into it um, at this point in time. I mean, we're all sort of trying to react to every little bit of information we find, don't we? But you see, as I think Stato said, some of those teams are running a tight ship. Um, I watched a bit of that West Coast game. They had a pretty tight rotation through the midfield. But with Collingwood, I mean, if you've got nine players taking CBAs, like half the players on the field running through the midfield, I think that that's not really reflective of how they're going to play, um, you know, in the season proper. But probably a touch more concerning is the commentary that's coming out around secondary roles and what um, Titch's role is going to be. So, yeah, I think you'd, if you if you... Um, I still got Titch in your draft team at this point in time. You're definitely going to have to watch that closely this week. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I was a bit concerned watching it too. 
Yeah, and and it's one to again. This is this will be one to watch much much closer um, this weekend when they take the field if they do tighten up that centre bounce mix. And um, yeah, we saw him barely attend. I, I know that there was some uh, sleuths out there taking the the centre bounces. I think uh, yeah, AFL stat mate was one. I. I I know him um, personally, I've met him and stuff. I know that he does a great job there. And back when I used to take the centre bounces in the early days, he'd sometimes do it and we'd get similar numbers. So I can kind of trust some of his. So he had um, Tom Mitchell only getting 10 centre bounces out of the 26 Collingwood ones um, that were there. So he he only took those CBAs from the first four periods, which I think is also um, important when you're looking at these numbers. So uh, just an indication and Dosby light years ahead, Stato, uh, maybe... You take us through your your next point um, to Infinilux and beyond. Well, maybe we give Harmy at least one shot rather than just rope him <laughs> in to your point. The light years ahead here, Dossie, including wow. the victory lap that you've already taken. <laughs> Thanks, Thomas. I think um, <laughs> all this fame's really gone to Buzz's head yeah. at the moment, but uh, I'll I will jump in. Thanks, mate. Look, one, and look, feel free to contribute where you want because I've actually just kind of grouped a few things in here. But one that I was watching a bit, I watched, um, oh, look, the first half, I suppose, of most of the games. There's a few that were a bit hard to watch, like that Bombers um, Suns game where there was shaky and pointing into the sun most of the time. But anyway, I was keeping an eye on the Rucks. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's something that I'm, I am still kind of left scratching my head a little bit um, as we sort of move into the preseason games. But a few things I did note. Um, I watched a bit of the Western Bulldogs inter-club game um, and Tim English, I mean, we've been worried about his um, health coming in, but he's just played the entire game in the ruck with barely a chop out. So I think that that concern is probably relieved a bit. Um, So that's one thing I noticed. That Cameron Cox, look, I know Cameron um, has been come back from injury also but the split wasn't very nice if you're a Cameron fan like I have been this preseason uh, wasn't very flattering and Cox kind of held his own a bit so that ruck share is probably a real thing as is the ruck share at Melbourne uh, with Grundy and Gorn I have been a bit keen on Grundy as we've been um, looking at teams throughout you know the preseason lead up but he started on the bench. Max Gorn started um, in the ruck. And then when he came in, I think it was it was about the eight-minute mark, he got on the field um, and then proceeded to kind of split that ruck role. So I'm not sure whether we can start either of them and we need to kind of just keep an eye on that. Um, I do have a few others that I sort of kept a note on. Darcy, I don't know if this was a head knock thing with Luke Jackson, but Darcy just played mostly ruck. Um, even though he had about two rolls of tape on his knee, still looked pretty good doing it. Um, and the cheaper end of the market, Scotty Lysett bullied up on the West Coast um, reserve rucks in uh, Williams and um, Jamison. So, I mean, if you were keen on Lysett, he didn't do anything to deter you on that. Um, but one I am interested in is Tristan Cherry. Um, mm. Goldstein didn't play, and I'm not sure, guys, if you know why he didn't, but he rucked out the majority of that game, looked fairly good for a bloke that's priced uh, mid-60s. I think if he wasn't on your radar, I'd probably um, encourage you to 
put him on there. And then we had the, the Swans ruck setup. Um, and there wasn't one. So they've got um, someone they're trying to teach how to play football. Um, so that was worth a look too. Interesting times in the ruck division. Yeah. Has anyone else got anything to add on that? I mean, ruck's still, still a huge concern for us. But um, yeah. Lou, did you take anything away as well? I mean, the great points by Harmy that he's clearly watched a lot of footy on the weekend as well. Yeah, no, I pretty much mirror all of those thoughts and uh, it's it's going to be super important to watch this week and where those rucks sort of lie and even after those games, I think to a certain extent we are going to be taking a bit of a punt. Uh, there are a lot of good options. There's also probably equal amount of options that are just fraught with risk as well. So it's about working your way through that and obviously minimising that risk. Um but I think Harmy covered it really well there in that those rucks just have massive question marks and, and hopefully we get some of those answered this weekend. Do yeah, we know I'd, why I'd, Goldie didn't play? Uh, no, I would assume it would just be management at, what, yeah. 34, 35 years old. But um, you, you'd think he, if he's not named this week, then Cherry's got the inside lane to be the R1 at North, wouldn't you think? Yeah, like he's a guy. He's a guy that's um, a, a pod that I would love if he does get that number one ruck roll. Um, just mentioning, I know he was on our radar as a cheaper player last year, but there was good reason. Like in the VFL in twenty twenty one, when he played six games, he averaged twenty one disposals, five marks, and one hundred and five fantasy points. But I know we say rucks can score pretty easy. That wasn't the VFL. There's some pretty good competition um, in that comp, and also Cherry's just one of these guys, uh, Harmy. You probably liked just watching him. The way he moves around, it's that new age mobile ruckman that you know doesn't just give up after the hit. Out. He's not just a hit-outs guy. He's more of a roam around the ground kind of guy. And I did see a bit of that in that game as well. One thing I – actually, I missed one. The rat down in Geelong um, mm. intercepting the ball in the back line uh, priced at about 330000 So what do you reckon, fellas? Is that an R3 or an R2 option for us? No, it's I, I think it's a brave choice. Yeah, look. He did sort of have that intercepting role, but I think that's sort of uh, a pre-season thing for him. I think once he does get into the real stuff, he'll be more locked down, which is what he was training as last year. Uh, there's also um, Jack Henry, who injured himself on the weekend, who was playing forward. Um, that might just solidify more of a, a back role, or perhaps even they try something up forward with no Hawkins as well. So I just think there's a little bit of uncertainty about that role and it's just going to take a really brave coach um, to pick him at R2 or R3 because he's not even guaranteed to be, you know, best 23 at Geelong. Just on the role there, one other thing I was going to say is because they um, trained him in the VFL in the back line at the end of last season, same with Charlie Constable, it sort of makes me give a little bit more confidence that the club's going to stick with it and, and that they will play back. Mm. They certainly could. Um, I just feel like the stocks in um, Geelong's backline are pretty good there. It's probably one of the better, stronger backlines in the comp. So it, it's it's one to watch this week and where that sort of settles. It does come in at an awkward price, though. 
I, do, I do think that the losing the Jack Henry um, swingman factor, even though he did play forward, probably if you were keen on him though, and we did have a couple of listen, listeners ask about Asava, you're probably not going to change. I might just ask on one more. We are on the rucks and we had a few uh, listener requests for this player. But Lachlan McAndrew for uh, Sydney, a ruck forward at 200K, uh, sounding like he might potentially play early in the season with a few injuries in the ruck department at Sydney, Harmy, as well. So have we been saved in our... R three, but you wouldn't be uh, rolling him in on field, surely. We're back to thirty green dots, Stato. Is that right? Thumbs up <laughs> from the big Stato. Yeah, mm. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll certainly have a look at it. But I mean, he's like what the fourth or fifth string ruckman at their club. So yeah, they needed they needed to give him some experience because there's a possibility that they're going to have to throw him in there. So I'm, I'm not sure. We'll keep an eye on it this week. But uh, look, Hickey sounds like Hickey's out, but Laddam should be back, shouldn't he? All right. We'll, we'll hand it over to the other RT. We've got Rancid Tonsils. Stato, take it over, mate. Yeah, I, I might do this one really quickly because we're in tow for about a three-and-a-half-hour pod and um, Louis needs to go and have his dinner. So this one's just a quick point. Um, I, I'm avoiding Geelong. Uh, a lot of mouths to feed in a regeneration of a midfield. They're one of those that experimented about 20 bloody players going through CBAs. And we also know, uh, after being Premiers last year and the way they managed to, to finish the season well, there's rests aplenty uh, in that squad. So would suggest they're a club that we need to sit back and watch, especially in that midfield, until we see some genuine trends. Yeah, no, good call. Uh, let's all avoid the uh, top fantasy scoring team of last year. Louis, thoughts on that? No, I think to some respect, Stato's right. So they obviously won the premiership last year and they did that via resting some of their best players. There were, I mean, even a few of them did mini pre-seasons in the middle of the year. So they've clearly um, come upon a strategy that works. Uh, whether they do it again, I'm not sure. I, I, I do think that they'll give ample opportunity to some of the younger blokes earlier on, give them higher... Well, it sort of rolls with a lot more responsibility and have the older blokes sort of sit back a little bit, even if they are in the side, um, just so that they can hit their straps later on in the year. So, yeah, I actually do agree with Stato. I think that um, at the start of the year, we've got to be a bit hesitant with those Geelong players and perhaps even more so uh, with the fact that they're just not going to be playing at GMHBA in the first half of the year. I think they've got two or three games there and then they uh, they come home with a, with a bunch of um, home games. But that first half of the year could be a bit interesting for Geelong. Just quick follow-up though, Stato, like what sort of players are you talking about here? Because as Lou said, they could just plug the the holes into the best fantasy scoring team of last year. I was being a smart ass, but they could just plug those holes with these youngsters and then boom, you've got you've got a boom youngster just plugging in straight into a high fantasy scoring team. Yeah, it's a boom youngster. They're all at bloody mid prices, mate. So I'd lay off. Now I tried to make that a quick point <laughs> so we can move on and not be three hours. And I just want just to back clarify. Off to us. And I just want to clarify, uh, it's actually your turn now, Doss. Just I in case you're Louis. getting lost again. It's actually Louis, but uh, good try, Stato. <laughs> Lou. Yeah, anyway, 
Look, I think we're going to have to pay up for rookies this year, guys. Um, I'm not seeing a bunch there that have the ability to score. I didn't think there's going to be a couple that we're just going to have to grit our teeth, put on field and, and deal with a couple of 40s and 50s there. And that extends out to your bench. So seeing a lot of benches that have got eight blokes valued at 200k maybe a pedalo there that's 213k and i'm just not sure we're going to be able to get that and even if we do um i'm not sure they're going to have the scoring ability to uh sort of make you enough cash to to really sort of bolster your side in six seven eight weeks when those guys are ready to be cashed in so I'm sort of starting to prepare to pay up on the bench a little bit. Uh, but like I said, I'm not even sure that the blokes we're paying up for are going to be um, big scorers. Gee, that's a that's an interesting take. I, I think I've seen more 200Ks that I'm actually interested in after the weekend, um, just gathering some data and like look, seeing some players kind of out there. Uh, Harmy, do you get that same feeling in, in terms of not no. having the 200Ks? No, look, I agree with Louis. Um, I've sort of been planning on paying up on those, a lot of those bench spots for a while now because um, if you have, have a look at it, you, you're better off at this point of the year in having them, you know, the more expensive guys and then you can always save a bit of cash rather than coming to the last day before lockout and you see the teams named and all of these 200Ks that you're thought we're going to get a game don't. There's not that many, I don't think, Dossie, that we can be keen on. Um, I mean, Campbell Chess is probably firmed. He's probably um, become more likely to get a game, I think. Will Mott's still a little bit of doubt. Um, the new guy from the Blues, maybe, but Fergus Green, maybe. Beyond that, I think we'll be clutching at straws. There's a couple for the Ds that we think might get a game, but we're still very iffy, aren't we? You bet. I think that you got more confidence in your Philippou and, um, yeah, Sheasel and uh, Ashcroft, those types. And it's the job security that, you know, we're mm. really worried about there. And with this, the new sub rule that's coming in this year, it's sort of amplified as well. Like a lot of these 200K guys, I wouldn't be surprised to to start and then be subbed or even uh, even worse, maybe vice versa, where, they, where they're subbed on and they get a quarter to just sort of get a taste for it. So it's uh, proceed with caution there, I think, and really want to be seeing rock solid job security to, to be picking some of these guys pre-round one. Yeah, I think in our building, in our team building teams in the last couple of weeks, we've been trying to fill those benches with some realistic kind of bit more coin on the bench just to give ourselves some breathing room come round one when we do get those rookies named. I reckon Arthur Jones, 200K, good shout, by the way. I reckon he's going to get a gig. Uh, Okay, let's move on to my next point. I'm going to get a bit positive because everyone's just so negative on this pod. I think uh, Holmesy somehow somehow come in and possess Stato for the grump um, this pod. (laughs) Holmesy has made an appearance. Uh, G'day there uh, under Stato's name. But look, I'm going to... Bring in and say Errol Goulden looked fantastic playing in that midfield role. I don't give a stuff that, yes, we didn't see much Callum Mills in there. We didn't see much of a few other names. Um, Errol Goulden, if he gets any more centre bounce usage whatsoever in this upcoming season, I think we're going to see a, a 10 plus point bump, and he's really coming into my calculations now. So um, the way he played was just outstanding and I want to bring up a, a term I haven't brought up in quite some time on this show. Observable thirst off the charts for Errol Goulden loves the pill. Stato, you're keen to have a word here. 
I, I certainly am because I want to bring the mood down a little bit more because you seem to be <laughs> too positive. Uh, <laughs> there was, there do. was an injury concern at the end of the game for Errol. He'll be fine. Was Hopefully. there really, Stato? I, I haven't heard yeah. anything about this, mate. So yeah, maybe um, for the listeners there, what happened there? I, I, I don't know. I don't know too much detail, but it was just that little bit um, of he's come off with an injury and didn't return, um, but there was no talk of a serious one. So I, I don't know the situation there. I just know that uh, he come off with an injury. Well, we're going to assume he's fine, uh, fit and firing for round one. So 19 centre bounces out of the 27 um, for the first four periods, according to AFL statmate. So was absolutely loving his time in the midfield. And Harmy, you would have watched every single game this week and every single minute you would have been enthused by the thirst of Goulden. Oh, you know what? That's actually one of the games I didn't see any wow. of. Wow. Oh, just watch yeah, the but, first yeah. half. You'll be right. You'll, you'll get <laughs> no, look, I enough. take your word for it, um, Dospy. Wouldn't wouldn't try and discredit <laughs> your comments. The, he's the sort of guy though that you, that sort of a club should be giving um, solid CBAs to in a preseason match, though, isn't he? Like he's a young guy, got a lot of talent, um, but come round one, might be a different story. Yeah, I tell you, it's, I did notice a lot of observable thirst over the course of the um, games I saw. One uh, was Angus Brayshaw, mate. He was everywhere early on in that yeah. game. I don't know if you saw any of that. I Taking did. all the marks, kicking it off, then running, following it up, trying to get the ball back again. It looks awesome. He was immediately into my team, to be honest, for that bit. But then I think um, I think they went and put some attention on him for a little bit too, the Saints, because. Um, Sorry, was that? Yeah, that game. And that, the Saints-Melbourne one actually had a bit of heat to it compared to most of the other ones looked like they were just walking in the park. But, yeah, Gussie, Gussie B was off the leash early. Um, definitely made an appearance, celebrity guest appearance in my team. Uh, that's all. I, I just wanted to bring the bring the mood up with a bit of Goulden love. Um, and he was also a highly requested player by the listeners, um, including our fellow podcaster, over at uh, Ball Boys was keen to hear our thoughts on Goulden. So thanks for those requests. Plenty were coming in on the listeners and we'll try and get to a few more at the end. But Harmy, I won't miss you this time, mate. What's your next takeaway? Look, um, I'll make mine quick actually. But yeah, following up on the the Goulden point that Sato made, I guess my one is keep an eye on the injuries. Um, there's a bit of news coming out. We, we found out about Tom Hickey. Um, I watched, uh, what was it, in the Suns game, I saw um, Took stand on the sideline. He's all good for round one, they say, but he was still standing with a compression bandage or some Ooh. sort of um, bandage on his hamstring there. So I don't know if that's a given. Josh Kelly and Cogs both sat out the um, GWS Intra Club. Not quite sure there. Cripps went off with an ankle, I think it was, or a knock anyway. Boak got that crunch. Um, Dawson went off late, but... All of these, you know, they're coming out and saying, all good, all good, guys, nothing to see here, but we also, we need to monitor it, I think, um, coming forward. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, Stato, why don't you give us your last point? We're nearly done there, mate. Nearly done, Grump. Yeah, beautiful, Grumpy. Yeah, look, it happens when you're sick. Um, I want to talk about (laughs) St Kilda, the big boys. Um, So I I, I let something uh, come out in the draft doctors a couple of weeks ago. But Ross the Boss is a big fan of his senior players. And you only have to look at the CBAs for St Kilda for their Mets him. Still had 87% and Brad Crouch had 83%. 
expect those two to get bulk time uh, and I think they'll smash it out and uh, I think they'll be really high up in the scoring. Obviously, we know Steele can average 120. He's done that before. And Brad Crouch's last five games last year was 126. So uh, I think two big seasons. Noting you need to avoid Brad Crouch from your starter squad because he has a suspension round one. Yes, that is true. That's a good call. But he came blistering home. Um, that's a that's a great call. I love that one, Stato. But Stato back in the fossils in much like Ross. Um, well, they're not that. They're, they're all uh, quite in their primes there. But um, he does like their senior players, so I respect that. Great call, Stato, and good observation. Uh, Lou, do you have one to back up the Fossey? Have you got something on his level? Yeah, well, just quietly, I think Ross would just like fit players at this point because it seems yeah, like that true. list is just falling <laughs> yeah. apart. Sitting down, yeah. Um, but look- I'm thinking that uh, we're going to have to have two or more players who are viable captaincy options. So, if we don't have a red dot, uh, sorry, rather, if we do have a red dot at R3, then all of a sudden you're going to be having two bites of the cherry each week and you're going to want to be able to have the confidence to not only fling a VC on someone who's got the capacity to score, but to also fall back on that on that captain option. So, Probably something we haven't had in previous years. Obviously, we always use the loop when we've got it, but I can't remember in the last couple of years a time when we've actually started with red dots um, because we were forced to. So, obviously, Holland's last year was a little bit different, but having that uh, R3 as a red dot, bit of a throwback to probably 2018, it's the best line to be able to loop in. Um, the best we year. We have to be really and the best year, but we have to be super mindful um, of the captain options that we're picking. And look, maybe you look at it the other way and you go, okay, well, I won't start a Jack Steele who's my captain option because I've got two bites at the cherry. It's uh, it's it's totally up in the air, but it's a strategy that probably um, hasn't been explored too much in AFL fantasy across the last couple of years. And, and I might ask around the table who our uh, top two choices are. So I'll, I'll start and say Steele and Dunkley. In our current side, Stato? Yeah. Yeah, I would be Bont and Dunkley. Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. Um, either one of Steel or Track. Tracker or Dunkley. Yeah. Very cool. Harmy? Um, well, Dunkley, and then I'm a little bit undecided, but uh, I'll say Zach Merritt just for someone to be a little bit different, who I'm actually pretty keen on. Hey, and just one outside the box, if uh, Rowan Marshall comes on like yeah. we think, he might be one that later on in the year we can pretty confidently put on the VC for sure, but perhaps even have a look at him with the uh, with the captain option if he versus a bit of a bunny because he's someone who's got a massive ceiling when he's uh, when he's got that sole ruck roll. Or could I actually could I actually just say um, for round one? I know it's not just a you know the neck the first four rounds or saying for round one without a doubt I have my VC firmly set on LDU up against the West Coast Eagles. Uh, this brings me to my next point. I'm just going to go all in again. Unfortunately, his ownership is rising as Titch's falls, but LDU looked absolutely phenomenal in that team. Again, they did not have their full their full midfield mix, etc., but he was just dominant in the midfield. And, and LDU 
God. Uh, he did make an appearance in the song for a reason. I nearly, I nearly decided to just make a song about the great man himself. Came very close to doing so. Uh, so, LDU, the Dossie curse is on you as well. Stay down. Uh, Doss, could you just tell everyone the name you've got on the running sheet that was your third point? <laughs> yeah, that's what Holmesy put in there. Oh, um, trying okay. to stitch me up, but I will. I will mention it. I will mention it. Look, I had a late night DM with Holmesy. Might have been oh, a, no. a late one after. How many, sher- how many sherbets? No, nah, no, none. This was sober, Dossie. Um, uh, I was just, just finished watching. Just finished watching a significant portion of the uh, Saints. Uh, match sim game against Melbourne. As we said, it was quite um, – I felt like that was probably one of the ones that was closer to a real game um, out of most of them. Um, and I, I just had my concerns about Rowan Marshall. I just started thinking to myself, as Buzz does, as Buzz Lightyear does, Lightyear's ahead of the com. He, he thought about it with Titch. I've never thought of a time when we haven't ever had Rowan Marshall not just for a patch it's always a hot patch. It's never a seasonal thing. He, he's had a one year where I think he played not uh, 20 games. Correct. That was a seasonal year. But without Ryder now, there just seems like there's always this buzz. Oh, we need it. You know, Tom Campbell's away, birth of his child, that sort of stuff. We need another backup for Rowan Marshall. I'm just, you mentioned it before, they're getting this high center bounces for the senior players, but if I'm looking at the rucks and it, like Harmy said, maybe there is some value for us there. Do I get a guy that's never done it before for a full season that is just a hot patch kind of guy and that actually has a couple of, I think he has a couple of tough matches early in the season. Do I just want that consistency? Look, I just thought I'd bring it to the table and look, next week, probably everyone else will jump on board. So, um, Royal Marshall concerns Harmy. What your opinion? Yeah, so you'll fade uh, Marshall and you'll go, what, Cox and Lysette? Or I don't know. Who are you, you going to go with? Hey, I think we've got heaps of options sitting there waiting back up. Hey, mate. Uh, look, you brought a name to my attention. Tristan Sherry seemed like a nice one. No, uh, no to be to be honest, I was, when I was talking with Harmy about this, I um I was like, no, nah, mate, I'm Ho- set. Hobesy, Hobesy. Holmesy, sorry. When I was talking to Holmesy, I was like, I'm set, mate. I've got wits. And then I like looked down. I'm like, oh, he's only 7K cheaper. I'm like, well, I'd rather go the ceiling on that one, I think, Dossie. Um, so, yeah, I kind of – he's back in the squad, boys, to, be, to tell yeah, the good, truth. But good. Holmesy tried good. to stitch me up on the run sheet. Uh, Harmy, got the name right. Uh, do you want to take us through your final point here? Oh, yes. Look, um, we've been a bit concerned about the ruck line, which I spoke about, but we've also been concerned about the defence um, as we've as we've sort of um, been working our way through. I think that there's a few of those mid-price um, defender options that um, pop their head up, although I think today from the teams for this week's games, Bose is not got a game, I think. Uh, but, look, uh, just a few I noticed. Um, Will Day... Those CBAs, I thought it was all a bit of talk from the Hawks um, in the intra-club games. Oh, yeah, great CBAs. Well, okay, you you got two lots of midfields there. But it came to the game and he had bulk midfield time. So there was that. We had um, Hunter Clark from the Saints. He was playing midfield but didn't kind of star in that. One bloke who did star, Elliot Yo, man, he was best on ground, I reckon, in that game from what I saw. He... He was everywhere, and he's probably put that OP behind him, I reckon. Conway Kenner, he didn't do as much, but then we sort of go down in the price chart, and um, Charlie Constable 
Um, he had a, a wild sort of first quarter, uh, faded a little bit, but Harmy, were you watching? Uh, like, uh, obviously, it's hard to watch, in, especially with the like you're saying, the cameras just all over the shop. Everyone said he had a super quiet second. I swear he was on the bench. Was he not on the bench for that second quarter when everyone's saying he barely touched it? Charlie oh, Constable. Who, who do you think, Stato? Charlie Constable, of course. He was out there because there was one um, dossie boy where he kicked it backwards, missed his player, and it dribbled out of bounds. I'd noticed <laughs> that from him. Um, so his disposal efficiency is possibly questionable. But um, he was on the field in the second quarter as well. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. Clearing that up. I think I think from uh, the track watchers, he had forty-seven points in the first quarter. So, all the constable doubters out there as well. Um, to be fair, I'm not a constable doubter. I'm a Stuart Jew doubter. So he's still not locked in my squad either. But was there any other players? Sorry to kill that train of thought there, Harmy, of, of those mid prices that you're now you know oh, sold on. No, I was just probably making the point that there are some options now. I think he's missing one. Is he? Anyway, is he Dossie? He's missing one. You want to say, say, uh, who do I want to say? Stay Ed with? Richards. Hmm? Ed Richards. Oh, Ed Richards. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was actually going to bring him up in a second. That moves us on to our – no, uh, he, he's my pod later on, Stato. But um, yeah. did you catch – you said you watched the whole intra club of the Western Bulldogs. I actually didn't manage to get that, Harmy. So, I do want your opinion on Ed Richards. Apparently, I heard he brained it in that as well. I watched most of the second half of that um, Bulldogs um, game. Oh, I wouldn't say he brained it. I mean, he was okay. It was, it was a little bit hard to watch. It was a very contested kind of game. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I locked him in following that game, Dossie. That's why you're not uh, not going to be up there this year, Harmy, I'm afraid. <laughs> <It's>, um... <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, I'll just go through some uh, some of the questions from the listeners as well for some players that we didn't quite touch on. Um, there's plenty that we have touched on. What about you mentioned Will Day? What about James Warpool? I didn't see a heap to suggest that I'd be wanting to pick him personally, but did anyone get to catch that um, and want to say a word on James Warpool? He was just okay. Um, he got some time. I think he might have been the second highest CBA. Uh, attendance behind Newcomb. Um, but he, he, he was serviceable, but he didn't sort of put his hand up to say, pick me at, what is he, 475? Yeah, a little bit cheaper. but he, And he's one of those guys that, um, look, he's probably going to have the role. It's, f- it's fully eye test for James Warple. And so far, he, he hasn't he hasn't shown it in an intra club and a practice game, and uh, it's gonna he's gonna have to put up some performance next week, I think, um, to have any faith in picking him. Uh, and you know, even just the fact that Will Day's in there, it's clearly showing that Sam Mitchell's looking to try different things. Um, this isn't 2019 when Titch has broken his leg. It's not like it's a guarantee for Warpool to go back to 96. I think there's going to be a lot of variables in that midfield. So it's one to watch and um, probably a reason to even uh, touching on Day before or maybe be a little bit hesitant there as well. It's, he's a really confusing one, um, and that Hawks midfield mix is a bit confusing too. Cam McKenzie wasn't playing on the weekend. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have got the money at the moment to upgrade one of my rookies to Warple, but I haven't done it. So, yeah, yeah I'm just not sure. 
Stato's got the money to just put Warple in and have change oh, left yeah, over. That's 600k. <laughs> you get an interest on that, you mate? Put it into Bitcoin or something? Uh, it's reduced. It's only down to 242 because uh, after the match, some shrewd Dob Sheed, rightfully so, entered my team. All right. There's another player that's uh, another mid-pricer there. Um yeah, David Hale, I think, did mention today, I think it was one of the coaches at Hawthorne mentioned that, like you mentioned, Louis, he's going to get a chance at getting that role. He's just got to take it, basically, um, for Warple. So, um, likely that he at least starts the season with the role and, and see if he can really uh, grasp that opportunity. But um, I think he's one to really keep a close eye on this week, as is the whole Hawthorne team. Uh, another player that's in that mid-price bracket, Marcus Windhager, did anyone get to see that game? I certainly had a pretty close eye on him. I'm not going to lie. Um, I thought he was impressive enough and looks like he's going to take a step up in his, I think it's only his second year this year. He actually, I looked at his some of his early games, three in a row, he has potential tag targets that he could lock down in that midfield. So I think it's uh, Andrew Brayshaw round one. So I'm just looking at the Saints schedule. Then round two, he's got the dogs. So, you know, one of the Bulldogs, big dogs. And then uh, Essendon round three, you could see, a, you know, a Merritt or a Parish sat on there from Windhager. So Windhager, any, any uh, you know, draft player, draft player, awkward price, not in salary cap. Yeah, just a role player at this point. But look at some okay. of the scores he got when he was tagging last year. They were really low. Yeah, they were the forward tags. I feel like he only got centre bounces towards the back sort of month of the season and, and was around. We, the we said no, Dossie. Kind of. Okay. Uh, Hunter Clark, Taranto. We've t- oh, Taranto, we didn't really touch on that. He looked fantastic. Yeah, um, he had the role. Um, I don't think we need to touch on him too much. Um, if you were keen on him beforehand, lock him in. Yep. If you weren't, reconsider and uh, watch this weekend. And if it happens again, then, um, then you've got to pick him, I think. I'd be remiss of doing this one as the final one from the listener request. Costas, uh, my boy, plays in the same footy team as me. Knows his fantasy. He's actually got a very strong AFL fantasy resume up there with some of the the greats on this show even. Uh, Tanner Bruin, he's commented here. So we did mention um, the Geelong midfield mix and and Stato not keen to jump on the uh, leading fantasy scoring team of last season. But maybe we'll get Harmy's thoughts because I think we spoke to Louis and Stato about the Geelong system before. But Harmy, we didn't get your thoughts. Any interest in Tanner Bruin, especially this week, if we see him getting some of those bulk centre bounces? Well, he's not scoring any fantasy points this week, Dossie. But I look, there was a number of people uh, missing from their team, like from the lineup. They were happy to just kind of spread the load a bit and, you know, give him a bit of a roll. I think he's at awkward price, isn't he? He's in the between four and five hundred thousand. I think that there are better options, isn't? I don't know. I'll, I'll have a look at it this weekend, Dossie. But I think we'd probably be better off going a um, a rookie. All right. Thank you for getting your listener requests in. You can follow us at PodPodAFL on Twitter. Now, speaking of pods, we're going to round this out because we're not going to elaborate too much into detail on our points of difference picks, but we are the Point of Difference podcast. And I thought before we get into these practice matches, the official ones coming up this week, that we can maybe throw down some pods. Maybe we look like geniuses next week when they no longer are those points of difference. But let's go round table again and three each of our favourite pods right now before the uh, the practice go- 
games kick in. Harmy, why don't you take us away first then? Will do. Look, um, I'll just give you a few that I've actually got in my training squad. They're training with the boys at the moment. So I haven't really refined my team down to, um, you know, my best 30. But these three are in the mix. So Will Day, I was actually having a look at him for last few weeks. um, And on the weekend, he sort of didn't do his chances um, uh, any problems, that's for sure. He was about... 2% 2% ownership. Then after the weekend, he went to 6% ownership. And then in the last two days, he's gone to 8% ownership. So that's growing, but he's one I'm kind of interested in. I'm still looking at Adam Chera. I mean, while she's not going to be there the first month, Crips, if his ankle knock is anything, then, geez, maybe his stocks go up a bit, but he's 2%. And then I mentioned um, Cherry in the ruck, uh, 1%. Uh, so I guess we'll see. Just actually on that, Harmy, um, they're expecting Walsh back rounds two to three now. Um, come across my Twitter feed. I don't know how legitimate it is, but um, I, I saw that he did a full today. training. Yeah, full training today, apparently. So that could be an asterisk on Sarah, but um, I do agree Cher- with you there. Hey, Luke, we got to put Cherish, isn't it? It's confirmed. Yeah, I, I, I got called out by Hef and I was really good at going back to Chera. I was, <laughs> I was pretty consistent. <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, work on that again. Quick was that from the club or was that from a reporter, that comment? Uh, I think it might have been from a track watcher, mate. Mm, okay. All right. Mm. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. a track but- watcher whose identity is basically Carlton. So, read yeah. into that what you will, but- um, Well, yeah, that's we'll that's the point though, isn't it? We keep hearing all this stuff from the clubs about how amazing everybody is looking on the track, but in reality, do you want um, Sam Walsh firing in round two or is it round 22? That's what I was saying after the pod last week, Harmy, is we need more reporters actually touching on the negatives. I want to hear about who sucks, who's been useless (laughs) this preseason and who's not fit at all, but we we keep hearing about the upper echelon who all seem to blend together, so... Yeah, well, a couple of neg- a bit, little bit of negativity never hurts. Well, speaking of people who've been doing horrific this preseason, Stato, do you want to take us away with your next three pods? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting worse as the night goes. I don't know if you can tell, but it's becoming very nasally voice here. Uh, very quickly, my three: Finn Callahan at three percent. Uh, there's only one problem; he's just on four hundred k. Uh, I'd be really excited if he was about another 50k cheaper. Um, so the price point is a bit of an issue, but it depends on how we go with some of these rookies. Uh, Jared Witts at 7%. Uh, not a lot of upside, upside, but uh, the reality is our rucks are an issue and he might be solid as a rock and a damn good start. Uh, and just to confirm, Hickey's out for the first half of the season. Uh, and Laddams is battling a knee injury and unlikely for round one. Uh, and Marcus Bontepelli uh, at 7%. I'm uh, a bit uh, up on him. I think someone out of those three big dogs, uh, excuse the pun, are going to go really, really well this year. I'm trying to work out who it is. Finn Callahan just keeps sneaking into my squad Stato, so he might not be the one if he's uh, coming into yep, my squad. Yeah, no, cool. out, out, uh, out. Yeah, top draft pick, really keen to see how he goes. But they're, they're not, are they not playing the official one as well? 
Um, or was that just the no? They're, they're playing one? good. They didn't play an official one last okay, week. They just the, the, the problem the being one. is Kelly and Cogs didn't play. So is it getting inflated his role at the moment with a few out? Ah, uh, yep, interesting one. Uh, do like those picks though, Stato. A couple of um, couple of juicy ones, Louie. Yeah, so I've got Darcy Parrish off the bat. Uh, if he's the second midfielder behind Zerrett, then he's a candidate to uh, never be tagged and just rack up the pill and uh, maybe have a a full breakout season where he can put up a you know one oh five plus average and he's definitely got the capability to go one ten. In the right uh, role, keeping in mind that Zeret's probably going to do pretty well himself. There's not a lot of guys who go over 105 together. Uh, second one would be Christian Petrarca. Uh, what I noticed in those preseason games is that Melbourne have straightened up in the forward line. Uh, they've got a fit Ben Brown, Tom McDonald's running around, Bailey Fritch is a gun, as we know. Uh, they've got Chandler who's come in, they've got Pickett and... Uh, Look, I think we saw Christian Petrarca play forward last year because they just didn't have the cattle up forward. Uh, and he also had that built-in 40 where he was sick into his score. So I think there's a there's a bit of upside there and uh, just uh, watch his CBAs. Uh, but even then, I think if you're keen on Petrarca, you start him just because he's a premium player and it's only a practice game so wouldn't let that sway me too much and then oh sorry Harmy he did he did look good on the weekend Petrarca like he's just smooth and he was in the midfield so yeah and I think Melbourne might have another tilt at um trying to win a flag I mean obviously but um they just strike me as that sort of group who are extremely driven and finally, um, one really, really out the box at 1% is Jaeger O'Meara. So he's a guy who pretty much across his whole career has been a 95 guy. Uh, even in his debut season was 89. Uh, his worst season ever was last year with an 82 at the Hawks. And there's a lot of reasons uh, for him having scored that, none more so than him just falling out of that CBA mix a little bit as Sam Mitchell Looks towards youth. I just think going to Frio, which is very kick-mark friendly, um, they're a good side, uh, an established midfield mix, but from what I saw on the weekend is he pretty much went in there and was the bloke who took, I think, the second most CBAs, and I'm still putting Brayshaw at the top of that despite playing three quarters because I think he'll still be there. Whether that continues, I'm not sure, but um, if Diego Amira can jump up from 82 to a 95, 96, perhaps even better in a system um, that sort of allows him to score, he could be one that maybe you take on a Tom Green with or or even just take a fly at. Uh, certainly somebody that I've been picking up late in drafts who I'm pretty confident in. So, uh, yeah, Diego Amira, I think, is going to turn some heads this year. But you know, that, that is one out of the box, Lou. Um, don't mind it with the high-scoring Fremantle system, Harmy. Just, um, I mentioned Cherry, but there's two other rucks that I had a quick look at um, that uh, pods as well. Sean Darcy, 4%, and Sav, 4% too. Right. Wait, who was the second one? Sava. Ah, oh, Sava. Yeah, okay. Very nice. Lots of pods on this pod, pod, pod. 
I'm going to round us out with mine. Now, I've already touched on a couple of them and why, and why I do like them. Errol Goulden, if he just adds a little bit of centre bounces into his mix. Actually, I just want to quickly touch on too, your Darcy Parish pick. I was just looking at it before. Some actually pretty interesting stats from, from old Dossie here. In seven games last year, Darcy Parish without Jake Stringer averaged 112 so I don't think Jake Stringer's um, fit and firing just yet. So, but without if he's just going to play Will forward as well. Will Setterfield is though. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't be reading much into that stat, Doss. Jake Stringer starts in the CBAs and then moves forward. So, uh, uh, I don't maybe know. there's something to that. But I think there is something to it. Yeah. Buzz. So oh, we, we, sh- oh, we should just accept all. Oh, I'll do us. that, and uh, I'll just I'll just take Marshall out of my team too. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ed Richards one point five. Ed Richards one point five percent. Averages seventy three last year. Um, averaged yeah. ninety five, uh, ninety seven in his last five games last year. And you heard from Harmy absolutely tore up the intra club um, the other day <laughs> as Harmy witnessed that happen. Um, yeah, Errol Goulden mentioned him, and my final one who is in the Lux winning team at the moment and has not been mentioned by bloody yeah. anyone this year due to his midfield status. Round Everyone's six. looking for that big dog in the back line. Dossie's found him at round six. He's loading up cheap in defense right now with a pretty pretty cheap D1. Why not have Lockie Whitfield priced at 90 in your midfield, ready to go. Look at their schedule early on. By round six, this bloke's going to be averaging 115. He's got the Crows, West Coast, Carlton, Essendon, Hawks, and Brisbane. Bang, you get DPP, all the wording out of there. He's going to be a defender. So you start him at 800K. He's one of the best defenders by round six. You switch him back. You start Ed Richards. You start Jack Bowes. You start everyone at 600K, and bam, that's how you win the Lux. That's how I feel. Sure he'll one. wait until after round five and we'll pick him up and he does get defensive status. <laughs> but he's going to be uh, 950K by then, Harmy. Don't know if you'll be no, able to you, that. You know, will still have 800K in the bank, so he'll be okay. Perhaps being, you know, Buzz Lightyear yourself, you might be six rounds too early on that one, but um, <laughs> I do think that Lockie Whitfield could be. Uh, I'm not sure about a starting pick. I'm very hesitant over picking players who I hope to gain DP, although I'm I'm sure he will gain it. Um, I, I think Lockie Whitfield could be a really, really good pick. Uh, in defence, we saw that uh, in the Richmond system, which I, I kind of hate that word, the Richmond system, we always bring it up. But yeah, exactly. um, who's obviously- the big scorers in those? Yeah. Basher Hooley, Jade Exactly Schultz, right. So, ba- Basher Hooley was always a massive scorer in that system. Jaden Short was a big scorer in that system. I think Whitfield can be a big scorer in that system. The only concern would be that maybe Cumming gets the role, but by all reports so far, it sounds like they're going to hand it to uh, Whitfield, who arguably is probably more into his prime. So, um, yeah, he, he's someone who I think we're going to be targeting massively after round five, and he, he might be a bit of a godsend in defence because there's probably a blanket over over a certain group of players there. All right. Well, we need to get Louis off to his birthday dinner a couple of hours too late, but thanks for sticking around and thank you for joining us, Harmy, and thanks to Rancid Tonsils as well for jumping <laughs> on despite the cold. Uh, it's always a pleasure, lads, and I hope we enjoy some footy over the weekend. I'm, I'm really looking forward to gauging some notes, and we'll be back uh, next week. Although, hang on, check out Friday for uh, Holmesy 
having a chat with DT Lemon. We'll drop a podcast then as well in between and then we'll, we'll catch up next week and uh, talk about all the ramifications from the weekend and when Lockie Whitfield's in 50% of teams. All right, look forward to seeing you then. Farewell, everyone. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, Gabe.